I want to talk today about this thing in life where many times we get to a point to where we ask ourselves the most important questions. You know, we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing or accomplishing? What is it that I can do to, you know, to fulfill the promises and the, and the purposes that God has for my life? You know, how do I do that? I always get to the point to where I have, you know, more questions than I have answers, and maybe you've been there too. But I started thinking about all this, and, and I started writing a little story the other day. And what I'm going to do is kind of walk through this story with you, uh, because it really it was a time for me that I took a really close, introspective-type look at my own life. And the way I've been living and the things that I've done and the things I haven't done and and how God has kind of filled me with what I should be doing. And, and you know, many times where I've missed what God was trying to tell me that was the purpose of my life at that particular time. <clears throat> so I'm in here in the church the other day and and I'm I'm really searching for God. You know, in my heart, I'm praying, I'm reading uh, I'm I'm walking from one place to another, and you know it was it, I spent an hour or so, a couple hours probably, just talking to God and asking God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to talk about? What what are the sermons you want me to give? What are the places that you want me to go? What are the the people that I need to engage with? What is it that I need to be doing? Well, I started to get a little bit depressed. I started to start feeling a little bit like, oh, man, you know, God, if you would just send me an email or talk to me, you know, then everything would be fine. I'd figure it all out because you'd tell me. Well, I decided that I was getting nowhere. And there's a friend of mine that uh, is, is an older gentleman, and he's not doing very well, and I wanted to go visit him. Uh, that day. So I went outside walking toward my car and I, I go from inside the church outside to this beautiful, gorgeous day. I mean, the sun is shining and there's birds flying around and insects and, you know, you can see the ants crawling around. And, you know, I, I was overwhelmed by this, this sense that God has created abundant abundant life all around me. I mean, it's everywhere I look. I could, you know, look up in the sky. I see birds. I look down the ground. I see ants crawling around. You know, I, I, I see bugs and stuff flying around and I see flowers and all kinds of stuff. And, and it really was overwhelming because I'm like going from a place of frustration to a place of abundant life. Well, I was going to visit this older friend of mine, and, and he was, you know, not doing real well, kind of in the final stages of life. And in actuality, he's kind of in rough shape, and right now he's in an adult foster care uh, system in a home. Well, I got in my car, and I started driving, and I, I did the thing that I always do. 
And that is, I, I've told you all before, I don't turn the radio on because I like to use that drive time as a time to think things through, as a time to converse with God, a time to consider, you know, what is it, God, that you want me to do? What is it that you want to say to me today? What are the things that, that you have waiting for me to glean from our relationship? Well, the the drive was pretty much, you know, the same thing I always do, somewhat boring if you want. Um, but I was reaching out to God and asking God about my purpose in life and what it is you want me to to do. Where's, where's my next step going to take me in life? And I started thinking about how frail life is, Excuse me. how life is here and I'm in the midst of it. And I didn't ask for it. You know, I was born into this and I didn't create it. I didn't, you know, I did nothing. All of a sudden I wake up one day and, and here I am in the middle of life. And I realize that, you know what, I don't deserve the many blessings that God has poured out on my particular life. I, I don't deserve them. But it is in his nature to do that. So I driving along and I give God thanks and I give him praise for, you know, the blessings in the communion, and the opportunity to just share with him the things that are inside my heart. Well, I got to the place that I was going, and I, I parked my car. <clears throat> and this is very unusual for me, but I immediately noticed this, this massive wall of flowers that I had parked in front of. And there's all kinds, most of them are yellow. I don't know what, what they are. I'm I'm not very, you know organically motivated or inclined that way so I don't really understand and know the terminologies but anyway I see all these beautiful yellow flowers and they're kind of swaying a little bit in the wind you know kind of like they're waving at me and and I see these insects and bees and things flying from one to the next and and they're gathering pollen and gathering the nectar out of these flowers and you know, I'm kind of considering those bees and what they're doing. And I'm like, well, why are they here? You know, why are the bees here, God? You know, what are they doing? Are they are they fulfilling your purpose that you have created for them? Uh, do we really need them in, in this structure of life that you've created? Are they happy? I mean, I don't know if bees can be happy or not, but, you know, were they, did they have any sense of, you know, completeness or a sense of purpose or what is it that drives them to do the same thing day after day after day? I mean, they basically, you know, eat, work and, you know, and that's it. They go and do it over again. They feed their young in their nest with the with the pollen that they collect. And, you know, I thought about all that and, and how God has orchestrated a particular purpose uh, for the bees, and then, of course, you know, I'm sitting in the car and, and I start reflecting on my own life. You know, God, am I just kind of like the bees? You know, am I just doing things to survive or doing things simply to go on to the next event? Or, you know, am I doing things to provide for my family and, and, and to benefit them? And then that's, that's my purpose in life. I mean, what is it? about life and the purpose in life that we're missing. Well, I started remembering uh, <clears throat> King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes that he wrote. 
See, King Solomon, he wrote this book called Ecclesiastes. And if you haven't read it, uh, please do yourself a favor and go back and read that book. It's in the Old Testament. And Solomon wrote this book of Ecclesiastes as his own personal benediction uh, for his own life. You see, he, he was sharing with others what life had taught him. Solomon had begun very well, and, and he had a lot of things ahead of him uh, that he was born into. Uh, he was chosen by God to be the king over Israel, and, and from an infancy, when he was first born, he was you know, already in line for the throne. And he ends up uh, growing and, and, and growing up, and he had power and position. He had authority. He had tremendous prosperity. And one day God asks Solomon, what is it that you would like? What is it that you want? Just name it and I'll give it to you. Well, Solomon was smart enough. This is when he was a kid. Solomon was smart enough to ask God for wisdom because Solomon knew as a young person, I really don't have all of the wisdom that I need in order to lead the nation of Israel in godly ways. So he wanted, to, he wanted to do God's will. He wanted to fulfill the purpose for which God had brought him into the world. So Solomon asked for that, and God gives him great wisdom. But despite all of the different gifts and things God had given to Solomon, later in his life he started to drift away from God. So he writes this book of Ecclesiastes at the end of his life, as he reflects on the lessons that he had learned through his life. He writes in Ecclesiastes, uh, in the first chapter, he writes, uh, he uses this phrase over and over and over again, and the phrase is chasing after the wind. He uses it various different times through the book, and he sets it off right away in chapter 1 in verse 14. He says it's a chasing after the wind, and he sets the tone for the entire book. And he's talking about life and life's accomplishments and the purpose of life and what I do in life and what I can be doing and what I should be doing and what I have done. And he looks back on many of those things and he says it was like chasing after the wind. In Ecclesiastes 1.14 it says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun and all of them are meaningless a chasing after the wind. This chasing after the wind phrase is really a metaphor for pursuing futility, for pursuing the things that are futile in nature. They don't last. They don't have enduring meaning. They don't make eternal changes. He's talking about things that maybe are here today but gone tomorrow. And he reflects on how his life, the things that he found meaningful in life, were the things that had eternal significance. Solomon lists in the book of Ecclesiastes many of the different vain pursuits uh, that he considers to be, you know, chasing after the wind. When he says he, he knew all things that were done under the sun, he's saying, you know, I've done a lot of different things. I've had the ability and the, the affordability to do these things as king. He says, but, you know, I've also looked at the lives that other people have lived too. And, you know, a lot of these things 
Some of them were good, some of them were bad, but most of them were like chasing after the wind. He talks about in the book how uh, sometimes, you know, we seek pleasure, we seek immortality, we, we become envious of other people, and we compete with our neighbors, and, you know, we try and make a lasting name for ourselves, but all of these things are futile in their very nature. So let's go back to my story. So I went inside, I, I parked, and I reflected on the, you know, the bees and the flowers and all those things. <clears throat> and I went back inside, and I was confronted with this, this unique smell uh, that many times you encounter when you go into a, a adult foster care home or a facility of some sort. It reminded me of despair. It reminded me that, you know, many of the residents in this place that I would visit or I would see were coming to that final chapter of life. <clears throat> they were at a point to where all of the things that they had done before in life, many of them no longer had the same meaning that they did when they did them. So I thought about Solomon again as I was walking into this facility and that phrase, chasing after the wind, was just eminent right in the front of my mind and my thoughts. I thought about, for many of these residents, coming to that final chapter of life, looking back on the things that maybe they had done in life or experienced in life, how many of them looked back on those things and, and agreed with Solomon? You know, this stuff that I did in life was like chasing after the wind. It has no meaning for me here today. There's no real purpose, no eternal significance. And I thought about many of those residents, and especially the one I was going to visit, and I thought, I wonder if they're like the bees. I wonder if they've lived life like the bees, simply doing and gathering and supporting and providing and, you know, going from flower to flower, and then tomorrow we're going to do it all over again. Is that the way that they've lived life? Is that the way I've lived my life? Well, again, most of them had gotten, gotten to the point to where this was the final chapter of life. There was no more being faced with, you know, the prospects of, you know, prosperity in the future. And you no, know, now we're thinking more about closing the book, so to speak. When I made it into the to the room of my friend, he didn't recognize me. He didn't know who I was. That was very discouraging. And as I started talking with him, he started referring to different events and things that I know never happened. So he was kind of in a, a place where his life was coming to that close and he was losing touch with with reality, he was losing touch with, with many of the things that he used to be a priority in his life, like people, and like the relationship that he and I had. We we had a good relationship, but now it was being lost. I remember thinking to myself, you know, Solomon wrote about how life comes to that closing point. And like a lot of things in life, when we experience 
certain stages of life, we reflect back on the stages that we that we went through before, and we reevaluate them. You know, were they good? Were they bad? Were they meaningful? Were they did they make a difference in my future? Again, or was it like chasing after the wind? You got to remember that Solomon. He is a guy that that really, you know, if you looked up the word opulence in the dictionary, I think you would see Solomon's picture there because he lived a life of opulence. He had everything. He had all the money, the wealth, the status, the fame, the even the wisdom. I mean, he had everything going for him. But he gets to the end of his life and he's like writing this, you know, this letter to people that would read it saying, this is the evaluation of my life. This is my final benediction, if you will. Ecclesiastes 12, though, sums up what Solomon said was really the, the point of it all. He sums up what life really means. He sums up what is important in life, what's not chasing after the end or chasing after the wind, or chasing after something that's futile. And this is what chapter 12 tells us in there. He says, now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion of the matter. And he's saying, you know, I've considered everything that I've done in my life, all the things that I've practiced and tried, trying to see purpose and pleasure and fulfillment. He says, I've looked at other people's lives and how they've lived. He says, here's, here's the, the conclusion of the matter. And he continues, he says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all of humankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing, whether it's good or it's evil. That was Solomon's conclusion to a life of opulence, a life where he could try and test all the different avenues that he could pursue. He comes to the conclusion that it's all chasing the wind. The only thing that is meaningful in life and gives purpose in life is to honor God and to follow the statutes of God, to follow the plans and the purposes that God has for your life. So let me ask you, how many of the accomplishments of your life have the same meaning today that they did years ago? How have your priorities in life changed? If you had the opportunity to live your life over again, what things would you do differently? 30 years ago, if you're that old, is the purpose that you considered for your life the same today as it was, say, 30 years ago? And with all that being said, do you know what the purpose of is your life today? Can we still look at our life like Solomon did? Can we look at our lives today and say, you know, I've realized that much of what I've gone after in the past was simply chasing after the wind. My goal in life now should be, if it's not already, should be to follow the will of God and to proceed in following through on that relationship and pursuing that relationship for all of eternity.
So I get back into my car after visiting my friend and I'm thinking about all, I mean, I've been thinking about all this stuff now for several hours. And this thought hits me in my, in my mind, in my heart. And the thought is this, how can I express to my children the importance of these life lessons so that they won't make the same mistakes that I've made? So that they won't make mistakes chasing after the wind and then later in life look back and say, well, if I knew then what I know now, it'd be different. You see, that's kind of what Solomon's thought process was, as he's writing this final benediction and, you know, what the purpose of life is and what he's learned so that we in the future can look at these things and say, let me glean from his experiences and not follow things that don't have eternal significance. But instead, let me follow the plan that God has for my life. The book of uh, 1 Corinthians was written to the Corinthian church. And, and the author of that book puts it this way, very similar to Solomon. He says this, he says, any pursuit that does not have as its aim the furtherance of God's plan is merely chasing after the wind. So friends, my, my, my thought and question for you today is simply this. As you look back and reflect on your life in the past, there probably will be issues and times when, yeah, I was chasing the wind back then. But it doesn't have to be that way today. Today is, I mean, God gives us a fresh, brand new start every single day if we choose to take it. So I just hope and pray that if your life is set on the goals of God and, you know, the statutes of God and the, the things that God has planned and ordained for this life and for your life in particular, that's wonderful. If you look at your life, though, and you, you, you talk with God and commune with God about it, and you, and you find that you're chasing the wind in some direction, in some way, start over. Start fresh. Start new. Because today is a beautiful day in the kingdom of God. Thanks, and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.